Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Robcast. This is episode 341, and it's called The Thing in the Air, part 42. Because <laughs> how long have I been doing the Robcast? Uh, 2015, January 2015. So what, what, eight years in? Over the years, I've done these The Thing in the Airs, and I, I have no idea how many parts I've done, but this feels like part 42. So uh, yeah, there's a thing in the air. And I've noticed it with so many people. And then I was getting ready to do this episode today, and a friend called, and we're talking, and the exact thing he wanted to talk about is this. And so uh, we just got into it, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's do this episode. Um, by the way, a couple spots open for the two days in Ojai, the end of this month, April. Some spots open for the... Uh, East Coast, two days, the first two weekends in July. Bring your question, bring your stuckness, and uh, we'll all sort it out together. We'll be at the Rodale Institute Farm in Pennsylvania. So East Coast friends, Europe friends, I'll be a bit closer this summer. And uh, end of June, my friend Liz Gilbert and I are doing a three-day workshop at Omega Institute in New York. And, you know, it's always better when you're there. So all that said... This is episode 341, and it's called The Thing in the Air. Now, there's a particular thing happening, and maybe it's always been there. I just now am picking up on it. But I also know that I'm picking on, up on so much more that I didn't used to even be aware of, really, which I guess is kind of summarizes the whole path, isn't it, for all of us? It's like you develop a... Yeah, it's like you develop radar or you develop an awareness for colors and shapes and textures and whatever, frequencies, vibes, whatever you want to call them, that you don't even know were there before. And then all of a sudden you see that they're there. But I'll tell you this one. This one, I've noticed how many people ask questions like, what's going on in me? It's hard to name or locate, but it's incredibly real. And here's what it is. Grief. There is so much grief in the air. So if you're thinking, well, I'm not sad, I'm not grieving something, hold on, honey, because I want, I want to rename or, or re-articulate grief, and, and I want to point out a couple dimensions of grief that you might be like, I haven't lost anything, no, nobody's died, I'm doing fine, but, but there's another, a couple other kinds of ways that grief is showing up that, and once again, it's probably always been this way, but right now, man, and, and once again, sitting... Um, doing these two days and having sat with so many people over the past couple of years and seen it again and again and again. So first off, there's like straightforward grief, the kind of grief when I say grief that you're like, yeah, grief, loss, heartache, betrayal, breakup. Yeah, there's grief. All the things that happened even in, in uh, COVID, the, the loss of job, loss of relationship. Lo there's there's just the, the basic COVID thing. There's all of the relationships, people, maybe you just kept becoming you. You kept growing, expanding, evolving, whatever language you want to use, and a bunch of people couldn't come with you. Or you were in some setting and you just had to leave because you had to continue to be you and you couldn't do that there. Yeah. Or you lost a, a job or somebody that you love, whether it was COVID, whether it was some illness, age, etc. So there's that kind of grief. There's the grief of loss. 
you had something, somebody, an arrangement, you had a setting, you had a foundation. Lots and lots of people have, because of the because of pain, because of things that came that way, chose to follow it, letting it transform them. And now they can't be a part of the earlier arrangement. And that earlier arrangement, no matter how much you're like, I can't go back there, here's the thing lots of people are experiencing grief about. You can't go back to the earlier arrangement, community, structure, belief system, whatever it is. But here's what that thing had. It had an ordering to it. It ordered the world in a particular way. Now, that ordering became stifling, restrictive, oppressive, whatever, and so you had to leave, but, and so you left a bunch of things you had to leave, but what you also left, and the number of people going through this, you also left a coherent, even though if it was backwards or primitive or whatever, still, it was an ordering. It, it, had a, it, it did some sense-making, and so you had to leave it, but what you lost in leaving it was, was a sense-making or an ordering, and so now there's a disordering and a lack of sense, and yeah, that's a grief of sorts. That's a grief of sorts. And you can find new ordering and, new, and a new sense-making, but that takes a minute. Yeah, that can often... And when you're in that in-between, the grief of what was... Even just there was a group of friends... And we all, whatever, went to school together, lived in that apartment building together, raised our kids together, we're part of that group, business, et cetera, together. And then it, all that went away. And that alone, that alone, that alone, grief, 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 yeah. You used to wake up, and there was a structure to the day, a structure to the week, a structure to the year. You knew where you'd been here. You knew where you'd been there. And then you had to keep going. And now there isn't that same structure. So uh, you, maybe you don't want that. You all grew that. You expanded beyond it. And yet it had certain things within it that you lost that you're grieving. And you'll find new ones. That's Yeah, take your time. Be patient. Be easy on yourself. Yeah, but yeah. So there's that kind of grief. There's that kind of grief. And I've noticed how many people will sit and they're trying to figure out the next thing. And we just have to take some deep breaths. And then I, and sometimes like, sometimes the tears just like explode. Other times there's like a slight quivering of the bottom lip. That happens to me when I'm starting to get to some of this. Um, but the number of people I have sat across from who, who have grief and hadn't had it named that way. And as soon as you use the word grief, they're like, oh my God, you're right. Yeah, and as soon as you name things that aren't conventionally understood to fall into the category of grief, people are like, no, I, 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 no, I haven't been to any funerals. I haven't. I still have my job. But you're like, no, no, grief, like a whole way of understanding the world, uh, ordering, rule, boundary, structured narrative that no longer works for you. Yeah, grief. You lost it. Yeah, change is a form of loss. And loss is a form of change. So change, it can be a good change, but it's still a form of loss. You change, and you're not in that thing, you're in this thing, and it's better, and yet it still has an element of grief. Here's what we mean. Your kid was in first grade, now they're in second grade. And you're fine with that. You don't, you don't want them to stay in first grade forever. You're fine that they went to second grade, and then on the last day of first grade, you have a weird grief in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
It's because that change, first and second grade, is a good thing, but it's a good grief. It's got an undertone of sadness because things aren't how they were. That's why a lot of people, when they look at pictures of their kids when their kids were younger, are like, oh, they're so cute, but also you have like a lump in your throat. You know what I'm talking about? Like a sadness. You have like a grief. Yeah, it's grief. Mm -hmm. It's good grief. But lots of things that are good also have an undertone of grief. And, and you can actually literally get better at spotting it. Um, you're moving on because of course you're moving on. And you're like, why am I, I don't want to be there. I'm here now. Why do I have grief? Because, because change is a form of loss. So a lot of people, good grief is actually a brand new idea, but it explains so much of the human experience. So there's that kind of grief. There's the grief of actual loss of things. There's the grief of things that you wanted to lose. You wanted to leave behind. You wanted to expand beyond and it's all good, and they're in fifth grade, not fourth grade, and your kid went away to college, and now they're not at home, and you're happy for them, and yet you're also sitting in the emptier house grieving. Yeah, 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 it's good grief. It's all good. It's all part of the whole thing moving forward, and yet it requires, and here's the thing about grief. Grief is not a concept. Grief is not an idea. Grief is not an arrangement of thoughts. So if you are in any way stuck in your head and not grounded and centered in the center of your being with your mind properly integrated into the rest of your being, then what grief will do is it will sit there because the mind can't get at grief. It can't get at to analyze. It can't think its way out because grief is something that passes through the body. So you'll notice lots and lots and lots of people are disconnected from their body. By the way, side note, this is why we have such a massive earth crisis. And this is why a lot of environmental activists are like super frustrated and can't seem to be moving the needle and wonder why. It's because when you talk to somebody about the larger body of the earth and carbon emissions and the need to care for our resources and the rainforest and oil pipelines and all that, when you talk to somebody about care for the body of the earth, but that is not somebody who is in their own body, they have no sense of nutrition. They have no sense of health. They have no sense of embodiment. They're jammed up in their head. They won't be able to connect. Or maybe they can connect at some intellectual, cerebral level, conceptually for a moment. But lots of times what happens is a person isn't connected with this body. So no wonder warnings about the larger body don't make any sense. So here's the thing about grief. Grief requires us to be in our bodies, and what grief is asking to do is simply pass through. Yeah, I uh, got it's a, a feeling, an experience, an emotion, a sensation, a sensory overload, whatever, however you want to describe grief. What grief does is it passes through. And when we are like, what's wrong with me? When we fight it, it stays jammed up in there. That's why so many people have so much ungrieved grief because it's asking for expression. It's asking to be passed through. And they're like, wait, what's wrong? And we fight it, numb it, resist it, repress it. Or as my son Preston says, if you hold a ball underwater, it will come back at you with increased force. So it'll just appear in all sorts of other ways. But it's asking. It'll appear, it'll like short-tempered, irritable, despair, depressed, all kind. it'll, it'll manifest, cynicism, it'll manifest in a thousand different ways. A lot of people who are like 
straight up cynical and pride themselves. Some people are like, I'm really funny because I'm cynical. Yeah, no, no, no. Sad. Mm -mm, sad. Ungrieved grief. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that is. Yeah. So, whoo. And here's the thing. You can't speed it up. You can't clever think your way through it. Yeah, you create the space. You're kind to yourself. You construct these spacious, empty places in time. Architecturally, you sit in the backyard with nothing planned. You put your phone away. What are you doing this weekend? Not much. Letting it pass through. The moment you stop fighting it, you acknowledge, oh, I got some grief in here. Yeah, that's when it can start to move. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so now here's where things get really interesting because all we've been doing right now is talk about your grief. And so lots and lots of people just have their grief, my grief, your grief. We have, our, we have individualized grief about something we've been through that is in there and it is asking for expression. Now, and I, uh, especially for those of you who are like, mm, that's not me, there is also our grief, which can also be their grief. So, so what I have noticed is there are a number of people who are picking up because they have very sensitive antennas. You are picking up, you are sad. You have tears. You find yourself acting out in strange ways and wondering what it is, and you're like, it's grief, but you can't figure out where the grief is. Here's what it is. It's the collective. There is a grief in the air, and here's the thing. You might be picking up the larger grief that's simply in the air. Okay, you see how that transforms the whole thing? And there have been these people for thousands of years. It's the person in the tribe who can tell you that it's going to rain in three days. <laughs> it's the person who you go to, right? At the end of the trail, you go through all the huts to the end, and there's an old woman with one tooth in the hut that's at the longest trail, and you walk in because you have some pain, and she's like, ah, it's your liver. Eat some goji berries. Come back in two days. You're like, what? There have always been people who knew what they knew, who were picking up all kinds of feeling, information, emotion, future event. Like, there have always been people. Yeah. And what I have observed is how many people never knew this and have wondered why, and often they can trace it back to childhood. They knew things they didn't know how they knew. They picked up on things at a young age that they didn't know what they were picking up on. Oftentimes, those folks have um, health struggles. Yeah. It's because they've been picking up all kinds of things. They picked up the energies of other people but didn't know it. Fatigue, uh, oftentimes, uh, the number of people I know who have, who have struggled with chronic pain, but when you talk about, to them, oh, God, their antennas are amazing. Incredible antennas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you've wondered for years what's wrong with you. Here's the thing about having an incredibly sensitive antenna. Yeah, is, is you... It's like a gift to all of us. Not only can you see things, not only can you, are you like aware of truths the rest of us fly on by, but sometimes the grieving, the, the grief you're feeling is you're grieving on behalf of the collective. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, wow, there's so many things I like to be doing, but I just find myself overwhelmed with grief. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that's the gift you give 
us. Now notice the moment I start talking about collective, something within for many people twitches, like, well, that kind of sounds a little, you know what, that sounds a little double woo. Mm -mm. It's a proper level of woo. Because if your fundamental lens for humanity is separation, there's lots and lots of truth that you can't get to. If the first way you see all of us, humanity, is as individual separated humanoids, you're cut off from the greater truths, which are that we're all like cells that form one body. So the modern world structured itself in many ways to split us and to cut us off from each other and to teach us that we are individual humanoids. <laughs> but that's the, that's the lens of separation. You can also switch to a much more holistic and ancient lens of unity. So you can start with the parts, and all the parts then form a whole, or you can start from the whole that is made up of all these different parts. It's probably the biggest shift you can make in the way you see everything. It sounds tiny, like we just passed right through it there in three sentences, but it will completely shift the way you see everything if you move from parts to wholes. So there's you and there's me, but if I, we form something, all of us. Mm -hmm. This is why a lot of people find politics completely mystifying, anger-fine, confusifying, and it just but because they start from separation and not wholeness. If you're part of a country, that's a whole. It's a body. Yeah, yeah. A country is a political body. All the cells form something. So everything is a one before it's all this division and difference. Yeah, do you see how that changes the whole game? So, and I can only imagine how many of you listening you're picking up on things and don't quite know what they are, but you're feeling it. You're feeling, yeah, yeah, the grief. I mean, just take, ah, oh God, take, just name it. Take hunger, school shootings, uh, people who have no health insurance. Like, just, just pick something. How much grief is in the air about these giant structural inequities? Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course you'd be picking that up. Mm-hmm. And so many people wondering, what's wrong with me? No, you're just picking up a thing. Picking up a thing. Yeah. So when you grieve, and perhaps that, uh, I just met a woman last week who was like, oh, I've been trying to do something in the world, but I have all this grief. And I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe your job is to grieve it on behalf of the collective. And I'm telling you, watching her go, Oh, yeah. But it, but obviously, I was just holding up a mirror and observing what I noticed about her. She's like, oh, yeah, this is actually what this is what I do. I've done this for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the people who generally don't aren't on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. They're not building a new website because they're doing other work. <laughs> they're tapped in to the larger energetic streams that the whole thing is floating in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the sage, the prophetess, yeah, oh, yeah, there's a, yeah, pretty much every civilization, yeah, yeah, had these kinds of people. You think about ancient texts, about how the prayer of a person who's lined up well is super effective. Of course it is. Certain people are tuned into what the whole thing is happening, what's happening in it. Yeah, they're tuned into how it works. They're they're feeling how it's feeling. Yeah, of course those people can move things around. <laughs> of course those people, yeah, yeah, 
can open things. Yeah, can direct things. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Think about the people you know who have said to you things like, hey, I just want you to know, I got, I got you. I got you. I've been carrying you around in my heart. And when they say something like that, something within you is like, oh, it meant, like, meant the world. Think about times when you've gone something, through something really difficult and somebody said something to you about, hey, I'm with you in this. And you look back and you tell the story about that event and you always include them. Yeah, of course, of course. They were tuned into a thing way bigger than themselves. And then they let you know and it made such a difference. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, tears are the geek grief passing through. They're like the release valves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, let's talk about grief at a larger cultural level for a moment. If this is new, if you find yourself like, wow, I am all, my sine wave is really peaky, right? <laughs> it's way high and way low. I'm experiencing moods. I, did, I used to be super calm and steady, but now I'm like, whoo, yeah. If you are finding this, like, I didn't used to be, pick up on this stuff. I used to go to a party and just leave the party. Now I go to the party and I'm picking up on all this stuff from people. If you used to be able to just go to work, do the job, and go home, and now you're like picking up on the undercurrents of conversations. You're driving home thinking about somebody you interacted with like, oh, they're in huge pain. All Almost like there's a whole new bandwidth that you're seeing things. Yes, here's one of the reasons why. One of the reasons why so many people are picking up on whole worlds of thought, perception, feeling, emotion that they didn't used to is because the usual numbing mechanisms aren't working like they used to. Yeah. Boy, that talk about the thing in the air. So many people are becoming aware of the ever so subtle ways they kept themselves distracted, kept themselves busy, kept themselves mentally occupied. Uh, like the subtle... Uh, not extreme, so it never was an issue, but you actually look back and realize that alcohol was actually doing something way more than just a good drink. It was actually, yeah. And so you've stopped, and you can't figure out why it seems so important to stop, but you realize, oh, because it was connected with something. It was actually it was actually numbing, so you wouldn't have to feel the grief. Yeah. So sometimes it's stuff that's fine. It's just you realize it was actually doing something very subtle. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just even just being busy. Just a bunch of stuff. And you realize if I just kept moving, if I just kept moving, yeah. Or somebody recently told me, yeah, I went to work and I socialized and then I went on vacations for years. I was really good at my job. And then I went out after work with friends. And then on a regular basis, I went on a nice vacation. They're like, I did that for years and it was a great life. And suddenly it wasn't. And then she just... uh all these tears started coming. She's like, suddenly, I realized that I was like skimming the surface. She said something about, I, I had this sense that I needed to remove some of these things so I could get to something. It was fascinating because she was trying to find the language to it, which is what we do. We're trying to find a language to. She's like, who am I without these things that I do that keep me moving every moment of the day? Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the usual numbing mechanisms aren't working. And you find, like, you find yourself itchy. You find yourself things that used to satisfy don't satisfy like they used to. Oh, God, right. That feeling of, like, 
nothing has the same kick that it used to, but if you just sit home, that feels strange, yet something within you just wants to sit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I became aware last year of how much grief I've been carrying around for so long, when I began to see like a release valve, when I began to see, yeah, I would find that like I had zero motivation. I would like just sit there. And then I would find things like rising that I didn't even know were in there. Yeah. Yeah. And as you begin to tune into this, you start to obviously, it's like you get, you get more comfortable with the discomfort. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A couple more things here about the thing in the air about grief. Everything, the human experience, as long as we're talking the thing in the air like as big and general as possible, here's how I would say it, and hopefully this helps. My observation is that everything is asking for more body, that education, that relationships, that health, that everything is asking for more body. So the number of people I know who, 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 who have taught in some sort of classroom who are now taking the class for a hike. The number of people I know who their job was to instruct, to guide, to inform, and people would listen, who are now moving in some way. They're taking people somewhere. They're showing them something actively, that something about the exchange of mind to mind, um, especially in education, especially in like the great mysteries of life, how many people I've noticed are like, and then we decided to go camping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Things you used to do sitting there, you're now like, and then I figured out I could do those calls while I walk. Yep, yep, sounds about right. Mm -hmm. that, that we are coming into our bodies in a greater fullness and depth. So the number of people I've noticed who are um, noticing what they eat way more than ever. And this is, goes way beyond nutrition. It's not just the actual nature of the stuff and not wanting to put chemicals and pesticides into your body, but it's where it was grown. The number of people who are like, wait, this whole thing, everything is related to everything else. Everything is everything. So where was it grown? Is it good for the earth? The number of companies that are like, yeah, we, we need to make, yeah, we need to have like less of a horrible impact. And sometimes it can be gross when corporations, well, obviously we've seen that before, like get behind a cause, but you can tell it's just, yeah, it's like, but it is, you have to read it as the whole thing, like the, like the water level rising. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you can even see the pain and terror of the planet, of extinctions, of water levels rising. This pain is, is it's bringing us into our bodies in whole new ways. The number of people who have realized, oh, if you wanna actually do interesting things in the world, you generally need to get like a good night of sleep. So suddenly people are talking about sleep, like as basic, something people have been doing for thousands of years. Lots of people are realizing, I sleep terribly. I should figure out how to get good at a thing that people have done forever. <laughs> yes, 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 more body. And with that is coming greater awareness of all of the things that are bodies are carrying around. I'm sure you've heard the word trauma 1,000 times in the past couple of months. Yeah. 
Yeah, because we're discovering that these things that we've been through, the body, the body knew, the body has a scorecard, the body kept track of it, it's in there somewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The whole thing is asking for more body. Even those of you who a day is eight hours sitting still, staring at the screen, and something within you is like, really? It's 2023? We put someone on the moon? I have an iPhone? Yeah, we've got photographs of black holes. We've advanced this far. There's a new Gorillaz album. I mean, we've advanced that far, and I'm sitting in front of a screen for you. This can't be the apex of humanity, sitting eight hours in front of a screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that is your deeper self asking for more body, more movement, more color, shape, trees, rocks, dirt. Yep, 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 yep. And this is why grief is so huge is because it's not that something's wrong with you. It's that something is, is, it just wants to give expression to the human experience. Yeah, yeah. So if you, maybe you went through some loss and you're still grieving. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And every bit with which you judge yourself, why am I still sad about that? It prolongs the grief and it bottles the grief up. So it's never about what's wrong with you. It's about, oh, Something is happening within me. Something apparently is asking for expression. Yeah, so you sit, put on some music, light a candle, go for a walk, block out your calendar, whatever you got to do. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not because you've checked out. And here's the thing. For so many people to actually pay attention to the body, the immediate thing is, but that's not productive. It sounds like I'm checking out. No, you're checking in. You're actually connecting to the thing behind the thing. Yeah, so this massive thing in the air is a reconditioning and a reprogramming around the body and around these things that the mind has trouble articulating but are real. Yeah, the mind has trouble analyzing and justifying, but the body is like, this is what is going on. And as you get better and better at naming that, which you can do, it's like a muscle, you build it up, then you won't need the same justifications and rationalizations from your mind because your mind will calmly go, okay, apparently this afternoon we're not getting much done. And the body responds with, oh, we're getting so much done. Yeah, we're getting so much done. We're letting some things pass through us that have been in there for years. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Man, two weeks ago I had an experience of grief related to something from 1997. (laughs) That event came rushing in and asking for some expression. And out it came. Like it passed through. Oh, wow, that was in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, one more thing. And this one, whoo-wee. There is a direct relationship between grief and imagination. So if you're having a sense of being blocked up and jammed, like, God, I got things I want to do, but I can't even figure out what the next thing... Yeah, yeah. It's just everything about this next thing, or you're the person who has tons of ideas but can't seem to make one thing, or you have a thing you'd like to do, but you just feel it gets all swimmy and it gets all like confusing when you try to even put one step in front of the other. Yes, yes, yeah. It's because there's a direct relationship between grief and imagination. So what I've noticed seeing across from people again and again and again is these tears come and we... We, we go through this grief, and sometimes it literally takes a minute, and a person's like, oh my God, I've, you're right, you're right, I am, I have, that was a loss, 
And there's like this, you can even see it. Like sometimes you can literally see the thing pass through the person. And then I'm telling you within seconds, oh, now I know what I'm going to do. Yeah, I see it. Sometimes it's that, sometimes it takes months and years, but sometimes it literally, I've seen things happen in a couple of minutes where as soon as a thing was named as grief, the person realized what it was that was asking to be expressed and passed through. You, literally, they have like a, whoa, there it is. And then I've seen people go, oh my God, you're right. I am going to open that store. I am going to enroll in that school. Oh yeah, of course. I'm going to call that person and we're going to start that thing together. Yeah, I'm, I'm just baffling. I've seen it so many times that that's why it's just so clear to me now. Here's why. Grief is that which happened and your response to it and its desire to pass through you. So you can see why if you have things jammed up in you that haven't properly passed through you, imagination is about receiving something. It's very hard to receive the new when the old hasn't properly passed through us, we're all jammed up like energetically. So once it gets flowing, once the grief gets things flowing, then like things are flowing, the grief is passing through, which then creates the giant three billion mile wide funnel for us to receive what's next. So this is why oftentimes when a person is like, I have no idea what to do with my life. The moment somebody says something like that to me, I immediately begin asking questions about grief. Because it like that sort of very clear, blunt, I just draw a blank. Yep, yep, yep. Generally, it's because there's ungrieved grief. You get the grief rolling, and the amount of times the ideas, the next step starts coming, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. Yep, grief and imagination, they've been dancing for a long, long time. And that, my friends, this bit about grief, your grief, our grief, the collective, the body, this has been the Robcast episode 341, The Thing in the Air. That's one of the things in the air. Part 42. <laughs> Peace and love.